morning, Sharon. Good morning, Jerry. Well, here it is, mid-January 2024. Can you believe it? No. Time we, flies. It does. We've been here at this location five years after we wow. came back from our venture into Iowa's nursing homes. Mm -hmm. Found out that that truly is not a business. Yeah. It's an appendage of the federal government, mm -hmm. state government, mm -hmm. and it's just like the post office. It's mismanaged because yeah. of interventions into something that that uh, the Congress or nor governors or the president really have been there and understand that we're warehousing the elderly for for money. Yes, yeah, and. Funny allowing it to be turned into a um, real estate business, not, yeah, it's not a people it's business. Exactly right. But that's not the topic of today. The topic is the U.S. debt clock. Can that be accurate? If you go to the U.S. debt clock dot org applic uh, application, you can get it in uh, Apple store, www.usdebtclock.org, which I talk of all the time because I mention it to my CEO, no, my CFO son-in-laws in their, in their roles, and they've never heard of the debt clock. <laughs> and then I talk to a former partner and associate of, associate of mine in Arthur Anderson Company, the largest CPA firm in the world, and he hadn't looked at the debt clock. So what meaning does the debt clock have? Well, to accountants um, and attorneys and bankers and economists and the economy is not the problem, it's our enterprise. It shows that America is insolvent eventually won't be able to pay its bills. That leads into bankruptcy. So on my book, it starts at volume two, it starts out with we have to downsize government and upsize enterprise to be able to avoid chapter 10, which be became chapter 11 of the U.S. bankruptcy code. But there's also an international bankruptcy code code uh, from the UN, United Nations, called Chapter 15. It's cross-border filings of bankruptcy. Now, does this just involve enterprises or does it involve specific county, states, governments? Well, we have what's called comedy. It's not comedy where you laugh, it's C-O-M-I-T-Y, which allows for the cooperation across borders for the debtors to file uh, a hold on a creditor's assets until the debt is paid, or file for a bankruptcy under Chapter 15 where a trustee freezes the 
uh, creditors' assets, which in, in terms of the United States government and all of our entities, would each state, county, city, or, or village be accountable to that bankruptcy law, or would it be the U.S. government and all its entities? Those are the questions that attorneys and um, Wikipedia answer to an extent. It, it could always happen or it could always be avoided. So my the concern here is the deck clock would tell us that, we're, that, that America and each of its entities are insolvent. They have been led to believe that uh, each entity can borrow or have the treasury print up uh, treasury bills, bonds, and notes to issue internationally for debt, or each state and city and county can issue their own revenue bonds, which commits them to out of taxpayers' money, which is usually gone by March, uh, that that the collateral would be uh, the property of the creditor. And a filing of insolvency would allow under these bankruptcy laws, either at the federal government, state, city, county, um, a request to dissolve the entity and give up its assets to settle its debts. Well, in terms of the U.S. debt clock and what it's showing on, a, on the basis of federal, state, uh, I don't know, and counties and entities uh, that they don't have enough taxes or, or revenue to pay the current portion or the current liabilities, nor do they have the ability to accrue for unrecorded obligations, since the only set of books that's available would be the expenditures, records of who they've paid out to and who they collected taxes from. It doesn't really give a financial condition report of assets versus liabilities. And where assets uh, don't exceed the total liabilities, you have negative net worth. Or if you can't continue to pay down the debt because there's insufficient cash uh, tax receipts or borrowings to cover it, then you're insolvent. And would insolvency then require that the federal government and its entities file for protection? To say China or Russia or OPEC or, or India or collectively uh, 30 countries that export more to us than we export to them would put a, a claim on um, unpaid interest or a non-accrued interest uh, or uh, non-liquidation non of uh, 
treasury notes, bills, and um, what's the other one? Anyway, bonds in the international court under Chapter 15, not under Chapter 11 of the U.S. Bankruptcy Court, but under Chapter 15 of the U.N., United Nations uh, Bankruptcy Court. My concern, of course, all along has been that our incompetent um, leadership at every level is assuming that we can always borrow more money to cover the, the deficit spending and all of the laws that have been promulgated promising that, that, that every entity is going to save us all from uh, ourselves. Mm -hmm. Letting in all these uh, undocumented uh, and millions of them, undocumented illegal immigrants that we're taking responsibility for and we're recruiting uh, not just the debt, but the interest. There's 17 trillion of unrecorded uh, interest obligations on 7 trillion of um, treasury bills, bonds, and notes owed to foreign countries. Can those foreign countries individually, collectively file under Chapter 11 uh, in bank in UN uh, International Bankruptcy Court to freeze America's assets? What are the assets? The farmland, the natural resources, the gold the precious metals, the stock market, the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, our technological advancements that other, other countries are selling back to us after re-engineering them and charging us for shipping. Uh, this, this is so entangled that until somebody starts to look at it from above what's happening, and what could happen, and it, it slowly but surely uh, accumulates into what's called a derivative bubble in terms of what 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 happens when speculation suddenly turns on you. And that's the case now. Even though the stock market's going up during inflationary period of time, and the fact that the that uh, America, USA, and its entities owe. Uh, more than the, we have in assets. The assets are $200 trillion and what we owe collectively is $230 trillion according to the debt clock. Well, what would that lead you to believe? That we are insolvent. Insolvency is the first step to filing by the debtors some form of bankruptcy. Would would it happen at the at the U.S. government level or at every level? It just depends on whether China, Russia, OPEC, North Korea, South Korea, Japan, India. These are the countries that we owe more to than they owe to us. They've exported more to us. They've controlled the supply line through China and its belt of the road. Uh, initiatives, BRI, where they have a $1 trillion line of credit from the 
uh, IMF, International Monetary Fund, which is a, a UN entity that 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 represents a hundred different, hundred ninety different countries, has a one trillion dollar line of credit. One one trillion dollar line of credit. Five hundred trillion to be five hundred billion to be invested in Africa, and five hundred billion to be invested in Central and South America. Latin America and uh, all it encompasses. Um, why do they have that? Well, they want the precious metals. They want access to um, energy, principally fossil fuel energy, that rests in an area uh, next to Venezuela that exceeds the deposits that are in the Mideast and America. So China, uh, under its belt of the road wolf warrior program, is hell-bent on taking over the world, not with atomic bombs or hydrogen bombs or uh, stealth this and that. Uh, they're, they're, They're building that just to keep everybody scared or fearful while they take over the uh, the world of trade. And if they own the world of trade, they also own the world. And the United States has been using that power of the exchange rates uh, for since World War II, uh, where Roosevelt had to use trade bond or war, war bonds to win the Second World War. And now we're at that point where there's a trade war and the possibility of filings of, good God, I don't know how many countries that are holding more in, in American debt than we can ever pay. And the interest, if we're not making the payments on the, accruing the interest and in paying it, then it compounds. And you understand what compound interest is. is we pay the minimum payments on any of these treasury bills, notes, and bonds, they go from a one week to a thirty year, and we and our astute, and I, I say that kind of, uh, I don't know, whatever the word is, um, seems to think we need a hundred year treasury bill. Just defer it, put it off to the next century. I'm sorry, but I don't think that's going to happen. Are my predictions going to happen? Well, I would say under the current administration and past administrations, except for Donald Roosevelt, we have had attorneys, economists, bankers, and professors running our country, and they don't even know how to run a business. And America is a business. It's the biggest business in the world, with China's hot on, on, our, on our tail to take that over. We're at 27 trillion, and they're at 17 to 20 trillion. And oh yeah, they say China's in trouble. Well, not in the trouble that America is in, because we have gridlock in our leadership. There's one party or the other wants to be the party until the end of the century, and by the end of the century, America will be not number one, but Lord knows where they will be. It certainly won't be America. Will it be China and its alliances? Well, that's what Dalio, Redalio of um, Bridgewater Hedge Fund says, and Larry Fink with BlackRock, they're selling America short in their mutual and 
pension fund investments, investors. They, won't, they won't even list them. Just like Madoff, they won't tell you who, who their investors are, but they're selling short on America and long on China and its alliances. It has alliances with 50 different countries at this point and plans to have 140 uh, countries in their alliance. They're, they're, they're taking the UN concept and putting it in Beijing, not New York City. So let's kind of get into some more details here. What is uh, this global banking, the World Bank and the IMF and uh, inter International Met uh, Monetary Fund that promotes global financial stability, supposedly? It's, an, it's, it's a major financial agency of the United Nations and an international financial institution funded by 190 member bank, or countries with headquarters in Washington, D.C. Well, the headquarters of the U.N. is in New York City, temporarily. It is not economics, stupid. It's enterprise, global trade, China leading with IMF, International Monetary Fund, funding under their uh, bricks and mortar, uh, it's BRI uh, program. BRI is uh, the belt, of, belt and Road, and I've added a C initiative, which is uh, the China cap capitalism, and China Dream. It's the BRI takeover of USA and 30 countries around the world financed by the International Monetary Fund of one trillion tranche, two tranches of 500 billion or a trillion uh, line of credit. What is BRI? Belt and Road and Sea Initiative. It's China capitalism. It's not communism, it's capitalism. The China dream, what is that? It's the plan to plant a Trojan horse in our midst and other countries uh, using the threat of PLA, PLA, People's Liberation Front military, to create fear to take down the American dream and American capitalism and integrate it into the China capitalism and China dream. This is not socialism. It's mistakenly referred to as socialism in the United States. China Communist Party is what it represents. One party control of China's totalitarian market enterprise, a monopsony government, which is a buyer and seller of control of, of, of the trade of last resort. They, they buy everything and they sell everything for profit and then they control the world using their shipping monopoly and their worldwide infrastructure to buy other countries, 150 out of 193 countries, political decision-making and economic development and debt. So they become... Uh, not only a 
a um, global enterprise, they've become a global banking entity through the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and the World Trade Organizations, and the UN. They've infiltrated all of the institutions that, that our government considers to be our friends that aren't since Truman dropped two atom bombs on civilians. International organization, IMF, that promotes global financial stability. The IMF is a major financial agency of the UN and an international financial institution funded by 190 member countries with headquarters in Washington, D.C., as I said. It's not economics, do, but it's enterprise. Global trade, China leading with IMF funding, BRI line of credit of $1 trillion, $500 billion for Africa, $500 billion for Central and South America. Um, what would this next step be once China has pulled off this takeover of the world trade? Well, since America is in debt to those countries that they've infiltrated to the tune of $7 trillion in, in treasuries, OPEC has decided they want to de-dollarize trade. They want to use the yuan, the Chinese yuan, um, and even a crypto form of the yuan to be the reference currency of trade around the world in 190-some countries, 193 countries. Internal protection of shareholders in USA. What does that mean? Well, when China and its affiliates have the capability of filing um, a bankruptcy claim of non-payment of interest or liquidation of any of the trade uh, treasuries under Chapter 15 of the International Bankruptcy Law that is to protect shareholders all over the world and in the USA. Chapter 15 is um, for cross-border filing of international trade transactions. So in other words, this coalition of of uh, creating the trade imbalance and, and putting America into insolvency because we lose a trillion a year on the imbalance of trade and other accusations of America's wasting money on weapons of mass destruction and not paying its bills. Chapter 15 uh, of the bankruptcy code would be applied through international court and through the U.S. courts, promulgated by the U.N. Commission on International Trade Law, which replaces Section 304 of the Bankruptcy Code here in this country in 1997, mm -hmm. subjects USA to international accountability for debt created by international trade. Mechanisms for dealing with insolvency cases involving debtor, assets, claimants, and parties of interest involving more than one country. Number one, chapter 15, 
promotes co-op or comedy between U.S. courts and cross-border claims. Two, managed trade and investment. Three, fair fair and... uh, what is it? Administration of the claim. Fair and uh, checks and balances administering cross-border claims. Four, afford debtor protection of its assets. Five, facilitate rescue of financially troubled businesses, such as the country of Greece, which filed for international bankruptcy. It's under 11 U.S. Code, paragraph 150, to coordinate with international law. Can Chapter 15 replace the president by the court-appointed trustee? In bankruptcy cases, you can have either a replacement of management or you can have the plan of reorganization administered in a quasi-organization plan, which is in volume two of the My American Enterprise uh, Party, um, the answer is, can you replace Congress and the president under a, under a international filing of bankruptcy? Well, that's left up to the courts. Uh, well, the creditor committee, which could be Russia, Iran, etc., cross-border uh, insolvency um, procedures taken over by the court, international court. Can an insolvent USA be forced into bankruptcy? Under comedy, C-O-M-I-T-Y, cross-border bankruptcy filings under... What is... is Commonality means cross-borders. Oh, I see. It's going to be administered by a higher court across the cross-borders. Okay. Filings in under UNCITRAL, the United Nations Citation of Bankruptcy on Cross-Border Insolvency, adopted by 41 countries. Foreign Proceeding collect, uh, Collective Judicial or Administrative Proceeding by a Foreign Country. Recovery Claim, which is the property of the debtor, Distribution of debtor's property under trustee and current and, and court order. Well, where, what would be the basis of any filing by any foreign country that's holding USA debt instruments? Could the debt clock be given as part of the of the um, proceeding? Uh, is the debt clock uh, accurate? Um, well, you load. It's it's estimated with the load that it's carrying is quite uh, accurate in gross terms. What does gross terms mean? Well, if you go deeper into the debt clock, into a a, a, a website called www.openthebooks.com. Uh, there is a an application where you can go into any government entity in the United States and access how they're spending taxpayer and borrowed money and the man that 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 set this up is on a tour around the 
the country talking about how America wastes taxpayer money and it only lasts typically on, on, on income taxes till the end of March and then the cost of government at every level is then funded by borrowing. And then there are property taxes, payroll taxes, and um, sales taxes that are then tapped in. And when they run out, then they're also being funded by the cities and counties and states to cover the 24 million government workers at every level that make twice what the, the person in the private sector makes with their own social security system, their own pensions. Uh, there's 17 trillion unfunded pensions that the government uh, has written into the law themselves. Um, and their um, health care. It's, it's all leading to a $2 trillion payroll, including benefits, per year, which is actually most of us being funded by treasuries, not by taxes. So when Obama said uh, health care will not cost you one dime, or Biden says uh, infrastructure bill and saving America from itself um, debt relief bill, um, won't cost you uh, taxpayers one penny. No, it's all borrowed money. When everything is mentioned, you know, we're wasting money in Ukraine at billions of dollars on a proxy war. Wasting taxpayers' money? No, it's all borrowed money. The, 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 the military equipment left in Afghanistan was funded by borrowed money. The $3 trillion that we have in stockpiles somewhere, and I don't know where they're hiding it, of weapons of mass destruction were all from borrowed money. That's how we run up this horrendous debt of $230 trillion. It's all been administrated. to who? Well, a hundred different countries. You know, it's spread all over the world. When this bubble bursts, and it will eventually burst, probably if if Biden is reelected or Trump is elected, who's a real estate guy, it won't be long. And I've been warning of this for some time. I've done 300 and some podcasts creating the educational device for Americans to know something about what the House of Cards is built on. It's built on debt. And it's built on the holder of debt by, we have few, few friends. They considered us imperialistic to take over since the Second World War because we could do it with fear, with threat of the atom bomb. And then the atom bomb was dropped by Truman, and uh, we're, not, we're not the friends, friend that we think we are. Mm. And then using foreign aid as, as a bribe, and putting our military, everybody, everywhere to spy, uh, we're considered to be uh, not the number one country in the world, but the number one threat in the world, I guess you could call it, because that's what China and Russia and, and Iran and OPEC and these other countries that are now reversing the tables on us um, uh, want the rest of the world to believe. Yeah. So we now have to, um, in, in my estimation, have to take, take control of our 
resources. Uh, we do have $200 trillion in collateral, and it's there supporting $230 trillion in debt that can be put into bankruptcy, Chapter 15, at any time. If there is any non-payment, we don't know. We don't know until we look at the payments if we're even current on the interest or in the liquidation of those those treasuries coming due. And we continue to just print out currency. Uh, under the Fauci pandemic, the Treasury printed out 300 years worth of currency, put it into into a circulation called stimulus. And the essential businesses, the big businesses, the big box, big government, they all got their stimulus checks and their paychecks because they were essential. The non-essentials, many of them went bankrupt. They're small businesses where all of the new technology comes from. America's lifeblood is its small businesses, not its big boxes. And most of the big boxes are now employed by China. Uh, Amazon, uh, Walmart, Costco, any of these wholesalers that are distributing Chinese or the Chinese Alliance products, including OPEC and their oil, are contributors to the bankruptcy because we no longer are in charge of shipping. China has a, a monopoly on shipping uh, uh, trade and, and, and supply lines all over the 100 different ports with their 5,400 5, cargo ships and with a million containers being in process that are color-coded and robotically loaded and unloaded in the major port of Shanghai that has 14,000 of, of, of empty containers all color-coded and, and robotically managed to control their $2 trillion shipping monopoly. And America allows them to get through the Suez and the Panama Canal because we paid for expanding them so they can get to all of their uh, global customers. It's a disaster. It's not happening, it's happened. And until we have leadership, and I'm proposing the leadership come from the American Enterprise Swing Vote Party, not to control everything because it's not, not controllable. It's got to be a team effort of Democrats and Republicans and this new uh, party that I'm calling the Deservatives. It's not progressive or, or conservative. It's the Deservatives that are of the people, by the people, for the people party that wants to be able to have referee uh, power between the McCoys and Hatfields, which can't get anything done and, and have no knowledge or ability to manage international trade. So it's going to have to be the American Enterprise Party that enters in here and gets as few as seats of 5 to 10 in the Senate and 10 to 12 in the, in the House, which could really be the dinos and the rhinos, Democrats in name only and Republicans in name only, that would go in and run the party, the American Enterprise uh, Swing Vote Party, replacing what we call the Independent Party. Well, there never is an independent party. They and the bureaucrats just swing back and forth depending upon who they want to be the incumbents reelected. 
and incumbents are reelected 96% of the time. So this is, needs to be put into the Constitution, a three-party system where we actually have, like we do in, the, in everything else, a, a, swing, a swing vote to stop the crazies from taking over the country, a tiebreaker. So a swing vote is a tiebreaker, and, and my proposed leadership of that, and I certainly haven't gotten them to agree to it, would be Mitt Romney from the Rhino and, and Joe Biden, Joe, not Joe Biden, Joe Manchin from the Dino to become the leaders of the American Enterprise Party. Why? Because they, uh, Romney had a company that, that did quasi-reorganizations and bankruptcy, for a business, Bain Capital. He's he's an expert. He's also an entrepreneur, and he has financial backing, as he did when he ran for president. And his attitude towards big government and the waste is the same as what I'm proposing here, which will put us into international bankruptcy, or has. And Joe Manchin has been the swing vote, stopping the insanity of uh, the the progressives that 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 are in our in, uh, institutions, we got to get away from this institutional thing and get back to free market enterprises. We're the only democracy in the world that has free market laissez-faire enterprise with our bankruptcy laws, and we're going to have to utilize utilize those internationally to be able to manage our way out of this mess. So Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney. Uh, leading the American Enterprise Party in its quasi-reorganization of its debt and deficit spending and getting the books set up on generally accepted accounting principles at every level, federal, state, city, county, uh, uh, gap accounting, so we know where we are at all times and that we have accountability at every level. The governors are accountable for profit, so are the cities, so are the, so are the counties. We gotta, gotta actually play out what we preach is free enterprises. We have to be able to in, take the investor money, the, the monetary capital, along with the human capital, the, the deservatives as I've called them. We go together every day in every business and work together as a team. So we're not enemies. It isn't communism or socialism against the uh, Americanism or or capitalism or whatever. No, it is the marriage of capitalism, American capitalism, and American socialism that creates Americanism, which is the only country in the world with bankruptcy laws to protect us in failure so we can start again over and over at the small business level 60,000 businesses go in, come into being a month in America and 60,000 go out of business under some form of, of reorganization of debt so they can start and try again and again and again. America is a country of, of the opportunity to succeed and fail and still have, have a comeback and contribute to the great American enterprise. So uh, we've institutionalized everything like we're a church and passing the plate for taxes. And then we run out of taxes, taxes, taxes. There's 46 different taxes at all levels of, of this. Taxes are not the way to run a country. 
a shareholder shareholder concept is the way to run the great American enterprise, and that would include our treasuries. So if we can manage the treasuries as the monetary capital and the manage our human capital to direct towards um, um, the ten tenets of of laissez-faire, which is in volume two of my of, of my trilogy. Uh, it's risk and reward, supply and demand, and sharing of the capital, capitalists and the um, socialists, so to speak, the monetary capital, human capital, contributing to a positive cash flow, which then builds more capital to invest in more technology and growth. These are the things that we need to teach around the world in a peaceful coexistence, Kissinger style, not you know dropping the bomb on civilians is where both parties are threatening America is building a fleet of 100 B-21s and Orca subs to plant bombs or mines in the ocean floor trillions of dollars invested in weapons of mass destruction that are now being used threatened to be used against us it's insanity you know, and insanity is trying to do the same thing, but faster. So, anyway, that's what happens in bankruptcy. It's it's happens slowly, and then it bursts the bubble, and then we're not number one any longer. It's China and their alliances. Forty six different countries where they are proposing their belt of the road and sea wolf warrior initiative. So that's your, not your economic class today. It's your class on international trade and uh, American free market enterprise that has lasted for 246 years. Dalio says the cycle's 300 years, and, and I'm sure uh, Fink is saying the same thing. We better... We better sell short on America and long on these other countries because America is, is, is approaching its 300th birthday. But it might be accelerated by, by, by uh, Pence enabling Fauci to, to pull off the greatest fraud ever and get Trump dumped. But it may be to our advantage if we can get a third party, the American Enterprise Party, enforced in, in here to be... The, the forward thinking and working with the rest of the world on peaceful coexistence using Americanism, free market laissez-faire, where you can start a business and fail and start over. That's the whole essence of the pilgrims when they came here. They invented enterprise in America. Beans for corn, corns for clothes, clothes for covered wagons, covered egg wagons for technology and everything else. That's the American dream. That's our America. Thanks for listening. And say goodbye, Sherry. I dominated this again. <laughs> Bye. Uh, okay. I enjoy it. I love you so much. I love you. Over and out. China Mart becomes Walmart as OPEC and China wanted to dollarize trade and replace dollars with a crypto central banking yawn. China Mart in the merchandising image of Sam Walton, who worked for a Ben Franklin store in Newport, Arkansas and started his own store in Bentonville, Arkansas in 1945.
He evolved into an entrepreneur when he opened his Ben Franklin store then calling it Walmart to become the Walton brand. With tiny retail store began an empire that reaches across the ocean waterways, canals, borders as Walmart named after his Walton roots. Today it is the largest retailer in the world. How can this be from that small to that big? I read his book Made in America brand, The Epidemies of a Genius at Work. His vision was a one-stop shop store in small communities in the USA and made sure that Made in America prevailed competing with the Asian Made in Japan label that was attached to everything that could be supplied cheaper and distributed through Sears, Wards, Kmart, Woolworth, Walgreens, then Franklin's, and smaller five, and dime stores. Then in shopping centers in suburbia, USA, he learned to fly his own plane and locate the population that would support a discount store the size of Kmart's in larger markets, emulating much of the Kmart, Sears, Wards, one-stop shop discount stores using economies of scale to attract value shoppers. His genius was in the using the foreign supply chains, and his own distribution of products, and his own computer dispatch computer, and trucking system. Being over a 20-year period a discount giant with worldwide distribution of foreign-produced products, and marketing of soft and hard goods at forever lower prices. This produced unparalleled wealth for the Walton family that is worth more than some countries' GDP, including Japan, South Korea, Vietnam, Tiawan, Hong Kong, Indonesia, and Malaysia. Xi Jinping has become Sam Walton for China Mart with CCP Incorporated taking over Supply Chain Alliance in South Seas, Straits of Gibraltar, the English Channel, the Panama Canal, the Suez Canal, South America, the Pacific, Atlantic, the Isles of the Americas, the Caribbean, Latin America, and now Mexico, Central America for control of shipping distribution system of exchange rates, and drug cartosal, shipping FOB for 30 countries exporting to 20 American ports and 100 ports that export more to America than America exports to them, deemed the supply chain for global trade. Thus CCP incorporated a monopsony government, becoming the China Mart hegemon shipper using its huge 5,400 cargo ships, millions of containers manufactured by Chinese oligarchs. Controlling 90% market share using their 20 ports to load and unload their two-way cargo ships delivering 90% of global trade 100 ports worldwide, majority loaded and unloaded in the port of Shanghai that has 14,000 acres of container inventory, color-coded, and managed using a shipping app and robotics to price, load and unload returning ships from 100 ports around the world of global, where 90% is delivered by sea. 75% using CCP Incorporated container ships, a monopoly for CCP Incorporated a monopsony creating $2 trillion in GDP per year. The cargo ships are named after English names, Goliath Atesa, of horoscope labels, and calendar names to conceal their origination. The majority to American 20 ports where the goods are unloaded from the cargo ships with manual labor, put on semi-trucks, trains, airdrop planes, delivered by manual labor to wholesalers and retailers for manual display for marketing. Charging the shipping FOB destination not FOB origination. All this does is add 25% overhead for the wholesalers and retailers, to the pricing that is controlled by Chinese apps for manufacturing cost of goods sold including storage loading, shipping costs based on weight and distance excluding any cost of portage at the landed port. This is incurred by the wholesale, retail purchaser not the supplier. Tariffs of 20% taxes paid by the importers. The largest Chinese cargo ship is Goliath 40,000 container capacity and the Tesa 18,000 containers each has 40-foot and 20-foot containers with total container capacity of 370 million Teos on the North American European, Atlantic and Pacific trade lanes, where the Suez and Panama Canales have been widened to allow Tessa and Goliath to pass through unhindered. 
the total global trade transported by China is 75% of $32 trillion global trade using American dollars as the current reference exchange rate currency, called dollarized trade. Or reference currency. OPEC a major American supplier of oil is wanting to de-dollarize trade so they can accept Russian, Indian, Latin America, Africa and Chinese currency. Dumping the dollar as the reference trade exchange rate for global trade. Then using China's new cryptocurrency named Yuan. Triggering a shift of the hegemon of global enterprise from USA Incorporated to CCP Incorporated in his book The New World Order Mr. Dalio, CEO of Bridgewater Hedge Fund, the shift has its winners and losers. Past history using Dalio's evolutionary analytics demonstrates the great cycles of history shows America's decline and China's incline to number one in the world of economies and enterprise. The Chinese Communist Party using China's wolf warrior strategy a communist politburo monopsony, and its belt of the road and seas monopoly to garner the global trade war win. Thus, historically replacing the Dutch, Great Britain and America as the dominant expansionist cycles over the last 2,000 years. Where China becomes number one in other alliances, including USSR Russia, Japan, Germany, Rome, vying for number two. Analytically, being the preference currency is the number one advantage that China proposes for their yuan cryptocurrency to be the exchange rate basis for all of global trade. While Mr. F. Dalio closing his book by saying let evolution be with you, is he investing short on America or long on China? Secondly, it's their low-cost economy, government and manufacturing that backs their Asian alliances for production of goods for sale around the world. Principally, America the Bountiful. To fund this eclipse America, it has a $1 trillion line of credit from the International Monetary Fund to invest in two tranches of $500 billion to invest in search of rare earth, lithium copper, silver gold, plutonium, each in Africa, South America, Latin America, India, Canada, Antarctica, North Pole, and Russia, for further funding their monopoly of global supply chain and shipping monopoly. Along with purchasing farmland in America, fossil fuels, natural gas supplies in Venezuela, Brazil, Cuba, and America. With the hedge funds backing in many of their projects using pension funds and 401.k mutual funds as capital generation for global takeover of global resources. Also, the G7 and G20 top countries in economics and trade. Economics meaning cost of governing and global enterprise meaning free market tenants of laissez-faire fair enterprise. The winner China or America takes over the currency and trade war that has been owned for 75 years by America. China realizing the financial disaster in America caused by wasting tax dollars on high cost of government at all levels that are gone by March of every year to create the brave new world of social democracy followed by the Democrat McCoys and Republicans Hatfield's gridlocked Congress using the classic filibuster cop-out to fool the taxpayers that the budget is balanced. By adding borrowing from our customers, competitors, enemies, and our own people to balance a cooked budget system. With no one entity or leader accountable for any measurable analytics. Source of all figures are to be found at www.usedebtclock.org developed and maintained by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, enterprise and the U.S. budget office, economics, that don't sync up with managing the largest business ever invented. Not the Congress president, 50 governors, 1,400 mayors and three, 142 counties or the 95,000 school board members. It's a turkey shoot in all respects. Results of not using GAAP is a $33 trillion plus accrued interest of $17 trillion current debt. And an unrecorded obligation for Medicare $23 trillion, Social Security $31 trillion and 13 entitlements, and pensions for all 24 million bureaucrats payrolls of $2 trillion, including comprehensive health care, and pensions of $1.9 trillion annually, with non-funded pensions totaling $17 trillion. 
all, per the debt clock, wasdebtclock.com, using GAAP America has $184 trillion in unrecorded obligations, underwater by $31 trillion over America's $194 trillion collateral. All of this with China having won the trade war, planning to convert their budget system to GAAP so they don't fall due to lack of profits and cash flow called accrual accounting that is required by American stock and bond markets, the IRS and every commercial bank in the world. These aren't political issues but societal problems caused by incompetent lawmakers, congressional leaders, presidential candidates, judicial system including the Supreme Court, lawmakers, bureaucrats that never invented a product, started an enterprise on their own and had meet a payroll with inadequate cash flow. Resulting in 60,000 new enterprises started a month and 60,000 going out of business per month each are a monetary capitalist with borrowing or making a profit and a human capitalist investing their sweat equity for making a successful business in American free lasses, fair market or file for chapter 7, 11, 10 or 13 bankruptcy, then start over by writing themselves of losing cost to too much administration or a losing product due to quality or meeting the competitive marketplace. Our leaders must realize our great country of haves and have-nots and somewhat's all go to school for education and work for money to pursue prosperity and a learn to earn and skill to build society for their chosen business enterprise. It's not the Congress administration, president, Supreme Court who are primarily attorneys, economists, bankers, regulators, bureaucrats, or giants of industry using monetized elections that need better representation. For top-down problems we need as Charles Koch says in his book Believe in People, Bottom-Up Solutions. That's the American Enterprise Swing Voter Political Party wedding American capitalism and American socialism into a laissez-faire enterprise small, medium or large for-profit organization seeking profits, capital and return on their investment of monetary capital and sweat capital of the workers, who learn to earn for a skill to build for their own return on investment using the profits for their share of profits or losses. That's the essence of the American dream formula. Protecting it. Use it or lose it. Keep America great. Ask not what you can do for your party. Ask what your party can do for the country rooted in the slash American dream, aka JFK and MLK sayings from the grave. Swing voters are so-called independents or deservatives, workers, who swing left of right, liberal or conservatives, red or blue to be the referee in a gridlocked Congress to apply the filibuster in an organized platform with organization plans and outcomes. How would the swing vote party propose to fund the quasi-reorganization proposed in the American Enterprise Party Trilogy? the same approach taken by the greatest American enterprise president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, a Democrat, financed the building of the great American war machine in four years to defeat Hitler's war machine that took 10 years to build, with 6% war bonds sold to every American rich or poor to win the war in four years. My proposal as CEO and founder of the American Enterprise Party proposes 10-year trade war bonds be sold to every American in varying $1 to a $1 million bond values paying 6% to 14% based on duration, not taxation but investment in America's recovery of sovereignty, and financial stability by turning the tables on the China Mart using the strategies and tactics I have in my books and podcasts. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. Here we are around the breakfast table doing our research. <laughs> Today's topic is right off the college debt. Biden and his team are hell-bent getting those votes. Mm -hmm. They're going to write off $1.2 trillion growing, still growing, still being done. College debt. Unbelievable. I mean, all these younger, uh, more r radical college students 
running up the debt and saying they can't afford to pay it off. And they're not even out of school yet. They're, they're, most of them are in school 8, 10, 12 years. Live with their parents after they get out because they had psychology or philosophy as a major. Anyway, what's behind all this? I wonder how much these colleges and universities have in their endowment <laughs> funds because they're very quiet. Usually in a, in a creditor situation like the, the college debt where the government has guaranteed it, they usually go to the debtor, which is a college and universities that made money off of this. They had a 20, 28% increase in the value of their endowments in 2021. Due to the rise in the stock market in, in a in a in, in, in a economy or enterprise that is represented by the stock market is going up because of what? Well, insane government spending. The government is holding up this this house of cards. Underneath the house of cards, just listen to this. Harvard, annual budget, $6 billion, 19,000 employees, a $50 billion endowment. Actually, I went into to our trustee Siri or our, our uh, Internet and found these numbers. $927 billion of endowments of colleges and universities in America. Huh, that's where the money is, folks. They're expecting the taxpayers to write off $1.4 trillion in college debt so these young uh, socialists or whatever they are from what they're learning in these universities anymore, radical, so they can go out and protest and reelect Joe Biden so he'll write off that debt. Well, it's been my position all along that, that, that there should be no write-off of the college debt unless it's written off against those, that, those colleges and universities that raise their tuition and their costs by 200 or 300% when the government said they'd guarantee these loans. And they're the ones that should suffer the loss when, when the students that supposedly they have turned into uh, responsible citizens that can pay their bills by working and and helping our enterprises uh, make money, which is not happening because we're only talking about the economics of America. That's the cost of government. That's the cost of everything. We fail to to, to discuss our great enterprise that is losing a trillion a year to a trade imbalance. Uh, we have leadership that thinks we should take the loss for everything. And frankly, uh, it, it's put us into bankruptcy. But Harvard, $53 billion in endowments. Yale, $42 billion. Uh, can't read my writing. Oh, University of Texas, $40 trillion. Stanford, $38 trillion. Princeton, $37 trillion. Oh, those Eastern... Seaboard universities that really create our 
our legislators, uh, they all come through an attorney program expecting to get their big piece of the pie. Uh, the, 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 who else here? MIT, $27 billion. University of Pennsylvania, Biden's university, $20 billion. Notre Dame, $18 billion. Down to a measly $9 trillion for Cornell. Or a total valuation in the stock market of these endowments set $974 billion. It increased 35% in 2021 while we were having a downturn because the country was closed down by the Fauci virus. And the big, the big universities and educational systems, they stayed open. And so did the big boxes. And so did the big government bureaucrats. They all got their paychecks. They were essential. Essential to holding up the, the this house of cards. Wow. And out of that comes what? Woke journalism. Woke ESG and DEI formulas. The Bill Gateses and the Buffets and the Musks of the world never invented anything. Never did invent it. Oh, Musk, he invented the electric car. He invented that Tesla battery. They didn't invest anything. They are salesmen. We do need salesmen. We do need marketers. We do need our great enterprise system to make money. Because otherwise we do not have uh, the resources to sustain this, what's, what I call now an oligarch, which is run by 100 senators, 435 uh, congressmen and women, or whatever they are, and nine Supreme Court justices, and the president, and 50 governors, and 400 and some thousand, 400, I forget how many city mayors, and county supervisors. We've got bureaucrats coming out of our, you know what? And we no longer operate at any level on the rule of law. It is the law of rulers. Therefore, we get to, in a long-winded way, today's topic. America is no longer a democracy. The demise of the enterprise. It's not the economic stupid. That's the cost of doing business. The, the enterprise is the, the profit that's made by the enterprise. When the economics go sky high and, and the profits go uh, into the red the other way, guess what? You have a bankruptcy in making. And bankruptcies start out slow, and then eventually they pick up speed, and then they happen all of a sudden when OPEC says they want to de-dollarize trade. <laughs> They're one of the biggest traders. You can spell that either way, because they are now in alliance with good old China. They're buddies. Yeah, OPEC wants to use the yuan as the Chinese currency as the reference currency in trade. Well, I'll tell you right now, if and when that happens, and they and they want to use Chinese cryptocurrency, 
or a one-bank cryptocurrency. And when that happens, goodbye America. Goodbye the great American enterprise because we will no longer be number one. God knows where we'll end up with the debt we're, we've got hung on our ourselves. So what does this mean, no longer democracy? Well, the Constitution's been amended 29 times. Mm. And now they want to apply the Constitution to hang Trump so he can't run. And if he wins, <coughs> we're still going to be bankrupt because he's a real estate guy. He's not a business, uh, not a, a global trade person. Got to have somebody that at least understands the process of China taking over global trade by building their own shipping monopoly. Since 90% of the goods around the world are, go by ship. And, and, and it's the worst concept because it's the farthest away from the consumers. And then what are the consumers of the world? 30 countries are exporting more to America than we import to them. So, what else? The debt ceiling exceeded 79 times. Uh, open borders, threats to society 110 million times after Biden gets through letting them in. No vetting, no talent, no skills. Don't speak English, don't have anything but a bag of fentanyl they'll bring into the country. Number four, leaders failed 47 times, except for uh, Abdalino Roosevelt and, and uh, Abraham Lincoln. The rest of them are all attorneys of some sort or another and did nothing to save the democracy. Number five, protests causing riots every time. So we now have the, the protesters having more rights than the, the enterprises we have that took the hit for the George Floyd deity and, and the hate crime that was could have been and should have been prevented by this the mayor going out there and pulling the guy off the guy's neck and charging him with a hate crime. Number six, budget is ignored. Debts incurred every time. The budgets add in debt into the cash receipt side to say they've balanced the budget. Federal budget, it's a farce. Uh, each state budgets, it's a farce. None of these colonies, as I call them, and big brother uh, government or big brother government or a monarchy, you take your choice, um, is financing this whole mess because each each state is incurring debt to cover um, the law of rulers. We no longer have the rule of law at any level. Number seven, propaganda in tune with TikTok efficiency all the time. Number eight, freedom's not worth a dime. Well... I don't know if you can give a, 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 a counter-argument if we're on the debate stage, which never gets to these things. Oh, hell no. We don't want the voters to be educated. We don't want to have to, to come up with solutions to our, the issues that we're criticizing each other about and never want to talk about solutions. Therefore, you ignore the problems and you stir everything up with issues in the 
through the propaganda machine, the Instagram, the TikTok, and the Facebook, and and uh, our public uh, television programs. It's not our economics, which is the cost of overreaching governance at every level, and every level is not balancing a budget. They all are on this system of taxes are gone by March and the rest of it's borrowed money. Where are they borrowing it from? How are they borrowing it? Through the treasury bills, through the stock market, through the Fed. That's the derivative bubble. Everybody's riding on it. And when it bursts, everybody is going to be hurt around the world. This, this in 2008... That debacle, which was caused by Bernanke, Bush, and, and uh, the Treasury Secretary, uh, went around the world on the, on the basis of a LIBOR rate of, of 12%. It, it almost bankrupt the whole, whole world. And when this, one, this bubble bursts, the whole world will go down with it. It's our enterprises that no longer use the profit. That's called the gold standard. We've been taken off the gold standard. There is no foundation to the House of Cards and the and and the uh, House of Debt. I call I get this from the Debt Clock. You go look at it. www.debtclock.com is the, .org is the only place you can get, even get close to generally accepted accounting principles for for what's going on in, at every level of our country and our fifty colonies. The debt with no limit standard. So we don't have a gold standard, and we have a debt uh, standard with no limit. Compounded interest at the Fed's behest using Keynesian economics, so bankers, economists, bureaucrats, professors, pseudo-billionaires, to rule. It's no longer the rule of law, which is the foundation of a democracy. It's the law of rulers. Well, who are these rulers? Well, in America, it's the wealthy. It's, it's, the, it's a, a violent and vulgar culture with the wealth residing with the few. And the rest of us are, are following the followers right into the, the uh, gas chambers, if you want to put it that way, of bankruptcy. Because it will affect everyone in this country. And it's... <laughs> it's not there yet, quite there, can it be saved? Well, that's why I do this podcast, is that my proposed solution, is I'm told it'll never happen, is uh, a um, swing vote party called the American Enterprise Swing Vote Party to be the referee between the, 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 the radicals on both sides, the, the Hatfields and the McCoys, blaming each other and of course, every president blames the previous president for everything. So we have the blame game going on real well. And, uh, but the law of the rulers is, is, is sneaking up on us, and uh, they don't want to destroy us. The Russians? No. Chinese? No. Iranians? No. Koreans? Hell no, they make money off of us. Japanese? No. All a form of fascism or communism in their governments. There are giant communes where, of course, the elite, the, the wealthy, run everything. So um, we're no different. 
I guess maybe you would want to call us a monarchy rather than a uh, commune. Uh, because basically when you have a Biden or a Trump or, or any president, they're pretty much a monarch at this point. When you don't have the rule of law any longer, you don't have the Constitution any longer, you don't make money on anything any longer, you say taxes, 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 well, 46 different taxes don't even come close to covering this debt. And our leaders failing us 47 times by promising, making promises, they, they, and their party makes promises that they never keep. The, the contract of America, that was a farce, Dole and Gingrich. Uh, protests causing riots every time. Oh yeah, we, we allow protests because we're a democracy. Well, okay, well, the riots happen every time. And the budgets are ignored and the debts are incurred every time. Every state in the union has the same concept of uh, deficit spending, debts incurred. It's, it's the new world standards. No longer is it the gold or silver or that standard that gave the foundation for a currency. It's now crypto. It's now a digit on the computer. It's a mine that we never know how much it's got or where it comes from, and it, and it has no tangible substance. The world has gone crazy. Is there any way to get it back on track? Go back to the rule of law? Sure. Go back to constitutional government? Yeah. Uh, we don't need to, to, to keep amending it for the, for the, and forget about history. You know, communists and, and socialists or whatever they're called, fascists, they want to destroy history and just make history uh, on what they de- uh, uh, de- edict. Um, so, what is your solution, Jerry? You just keep wailing on about this. Well, in, it's, in, in substance is go back to what made us great. Uh, we don't need to make America great again. We are great on the basis of democracy, and it's enterprise. It isn't economics. It's not a. The, the, this is not about economics. Economics is the cost side of the um, profit curve. No, it's about our enterprise, our enterprising American workers. That's our socialism, and the and the shareholders are are the capitalists, and the capitalists and the socialists go together, work together every day in the, in these enterprises. 60,000 start up every month and 60,000 go out of business every month. Well, why would they go out of business? Well, it's because not everything works out for the entrepreneurs, and they're the ones taking the risks, not the rest of us, even though I've been an entrepreneur many times, had bankruptcy twice. No, it's the, the country is, is the only democracy because of the bankruptcy laws. It allows people to fail and start over. And that failure is happening at every level of our government, and they're going to have to incur the same thing that these 60,000 that go out of business is they're going to have to pay the, off their debt with their assets, and if it isn't enough, then they'll have to um, seek some haircuts. In other words, 
uh, in a quasi-reorganization of bankruptcy, we would be saying we have to to cut our 24 million government workers' payroll, which is $2 trillion a year, uh, and how would you do that? Just lay everybody off or fire everybody or whatever? No, you privatize agencies. Education, energy, transportation, agriculture, health care. Those that really operate on the basis of enterprise producing a service or a product and should be held accountable for making money. Okay, and privatize those agencies. And we've got them at every level. There's so much redundant cost in this so-called regulatory environment that we have. We've got way too many uh, government employees and regulators and getting in the way of, of making money. Well, making money takes from one and gives it to another. No, each of us have to be our own uh, little investment. And... Uh, and we each have to take a responsibility for generating a profit. So the profit motive uh, in terms of the American Enterprise Party is not the only principle. We go back to the Constitution. We undo some of these amendments that, that are crazy and, and go back to uh, what I call the, the... It's not the gold standard any longer... Uh, it's the enterprise standard where, uh, yes, we can take a risk, we can, uh, we can fail, and in failure you have to t- acknowledge that we're going to have to reduce our cost, which is the cost of economics. It's called the, uh, uh, the economies of scale. The more efficient and more effective you are with your skills and your management, the bottom line grows. It doesn't grow on the basis of how much you can borrow. It goes on how much you can make. And so we go back to that standard. That's what America great made America great. That's why people are streaming through our borders because they want a piece of that American pie driven by the so-called American dream. So what is the American dream? Well, I've written a poem called our America, or my America anyway, is all built on this, this particular podcast of our Constitution, getting our debt down to a break-even point for our enterprise, close the borders, less people can come here and be vetted and, and can contribute to our society's safety, security, and profitability. It shouldn't be let in. The leaders should be on the basis of some... Uh, background and experience in how to run a business. Not all of them be attorneys, professors, or economists. Those are the people that uh, supposedly are telling all the rest of us what to do. We should be telling them to do their own job better. And uh, so it's leadership. Leadership has to have some experience. Did Donald, Donald Trump, he was a businessman. Look what happened there. He's a real estate guy. I'm not talking about uh, uh, real estate, which was what nursing home operators, uh, the big corporations that are buying all the nursing homes, they want the real estate. No, we have to have people that are in leadership here that knows how to run an enterprise. And who would you suggest that that be? Well, right this at this point, I would... Uh, 
if I if I had my druthers, I would pick dinos, Democrats of in name only, and rhinos, Republicans in name only, and recruit them to be in the American Enterprise Party, because supposedly that blend would be middle of the road referee for getting consensus on what better drives this country than free enterprise. That's what makes us great, that's what's going to keep us great, and that's what we should be focusing on. And so that would be, uh, the rhino would be um, Mitt Romney. Oh, well, he he's a loser. He lost. Well, no, I, I'm not sure he lost for the wrong reasons or the right reasons. I don't know, but he Bain Capital, his company, is, is, is experts on how to turn around bankrupt organizations, and that's how he made his uh, wealth. And I would propose that he is a leader. He's demonstrated that. He does have a vision that's similar to what I'm talking about here now, I believe. And the other person would be Joe Manchin, who is a dino, who is now, they both say they're retiring out of the Senate, but I think they're both looking for another uh, party. And I would suggest that uh, they team up with me and and this American Enterprise Party uh, dream that I've had for 35, 40 years and try to take the country back, get it in a profitable mode, write, write off a lot of this, the, the debt that we owe these foreign uh, countries that have um, generated their wealth off of America and our ideas. Everywhere you go, you'll see the, the, the Western ideas being uh, capitalized on by the Eastern and the European countries. So they should have to pay the price of some of this. Uh, so the, the, are you going to say they're going to be president, the Manchin and, and Romney are going to be president and vice president? No, it doesn't need to be that way. No, the swing vote is is that with this strategy, and we've got to focus on a quasi-reorganization plan, which are in my books, the trilogy, the American Enterprise Part, Political Party Trilogy, the volume one, why we have to do it, which we've talked about here, and the volume two on how you do it. Well, we've, we've talked about that as well. And then the, th- the third is who's going to do it. Well, and we're talking about who's going to do it, risk-taking Americans who stand for uh, what makes America great, keep it great. So that's the message for today. I hope I didn't uh, put you to sleep. Nor I hope I didn't turn you off, but I'm trying to turn you on to we have to be seeking solutions to this nightmare, not because it, it, it's making the American dream into an American nightmare. And we will not solve it unless we stop it. And then we have to go forward in a profit motive, motive um, um, not just motive, but the, the standard. The uh, not having the debt as the standard, but profit as the standard, and we would have to look at how we compete around the world because we're not going to bring all these these ideas and all these supply and manufacturers back here. We we just U.S. Steel was just sold to Japan. It's still happening. 
We're not going to make America great again by being what it was in World War II when President Roosevelt saved us with the ingenious use of trade war war bonds. And that's what I'm suggesting we we use to finance this turnaround is trade war bonds. And and everybody's going to have to invest in America. That includes the big guys, and they're going to have to invest a, a higher percentage than, than others. Uh, a percentage of net worth should be then invested in war bonds, 10% war bonds. And we'll get this thing turned around. This is Roosevelt won the Second World War. We haven't won a war since, and we won't with bad leadership. So that's some of the, of, of the, the ways to do this. It took me some 800 pages and three books to really think through this, since I have the experience. I have been a consultant. Arthur Anderson trained me, and I've been a consultant to government and to the Methodist Church and did help save it from bankruptcy. So I do have a bank background, and I think I could be fill that role for uh, Romney and Manchin in the leading, uh, leading the country uh, out of bankruptcy. And... Uh, then maybe influencing other countries to uh, implement the uh, American enterprise method of of government, which is uh, two parties, fine. The third party is only as a referee, but for consensus. And realize that we cannot regulate this thing to, to perfection. We cannot green the new deal it to anything but destruction. So if you if you don't have an ounce of common sense, you're probably going to be turning me off. But if you got an ounce of common sense, you better turn yourself on to this because we've got to to make the move now before this thing crashes because the bubble is inflated to the point it's going to burst all over every American and everyone in 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 in. in, in uh, our planet, because the dependency on America is huge, and we are not leading the world right now. The world is leading us into destruction. Thanks for listening. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. Here we are on the breakfast table again. It's too cold to go on the porch. But anyway, we're kind of listening to this world of hatred and useless killings and beheadings and all the things that make us all fearful. And so today it's a little melancholy, so my recording uh, for this podcast is going to be the somewhat, hopefully, looking at the other side, which is peace on earth. Comes from a poem in my eighth wonder of the world. Peace, P for perfect, E for exaltation, A for all those attacks, C for the cynical warlords, and E for the excuses both sides in the Mideast in Israel in Lebanon hating and killing each other 
with Iran standing in the background applauding, uh, putting America down. So anyway, this is called Peace on Earth. Take one soldier, take one life for senseless purpose and peace shall cease. Take one son or daughter, take one to heaven for wrongful excuses and peace shall forever cease. Take one country, take one loss of pride for ideology versus principle and peace shall ever, forever cease. For peace on earth to be the perfect exaltation God will to men must confront an imperfect world with soldiers of goodwill, attacking cynical excuses, then peace shall never cease, nor will wars prevent abuses with the fate of the world that peace induces. So it's really my philosophy and I guess I express it in my in my poetry and in my books is we need to have peaceful coexistence. Otherwise we <laughs> will kill kill off everyone in the world and then there won't be a world, which doesn't make much sense. Not even close to common sense. The uh next poem is Formula for Peace. Hand me your weapons, hand me your cause. Now contemplate your, contemplate your sons. Think of your daughters as you pause. Is it worth the price you pay to confront your fellow man? With fists clenched to betray peaceful days in each other's land. I don't believe you believe it's right to forsake those you conceive. Your children justify it. Think and ponder why it is necessary to ravage God's wonder with only selfish banners to carry. Why not throw them down? Why not, th- why not throw down your pride from your side? Make peace your sound before we all have died. That is peace. That in peace lives... Boy, am I messing this up. That in peace, lives don't cease. Love and friends abide before we all have died. For a belief in the same God's absolution, that religion without reason equals revolution. That reason minus religion equals resolution. That perfection is reason with absolution is the solution. In the God we must and the God we trust knows the difference. And the God we trust most knows the difference. <clears throat> Excuse me for the stumbling on these uh, words that I recited one time or another. <clears throat> 